All right, all right. So here's to my first podcast. I'm so excited, guys. Um, this podcast was inspired, honestly and truthfully and wholeheartedly, by my cousin Shamika Winston. I am so proud of her. She has a podcast also. It's called Don't Be Quiet. And that podcast was inspired by some life experiences that we have also both been through. And also now it seems like things are trying to spill over into our generation that we are just really trying not to see the same generational curses um, take over in our lives or even in our children's lives or in other people's children's life as well. So we have been really trying to be an advocate about speaking what you have to say. You know, I know when I was younger, it seemed like, you know, I was so loud, you know, I was so loud. And even, you know, I remember when I first got saved and became a Christian, they would talk about how loud I was, you know, in church. But it was funny because when I would go home, you know, and I would be by myself, I was quiet. And I think I recognized that and I came to a realization of that when I moved out for the first time, like for real, for real, on my own with my um, amazing old roommate. Her name is Marissa. And I remember she would always say to me, you're so quiet. (laughs) You're so quiet. And I thought that was so funny because all my life I had always heard that I was so loud. And I recognized, you know, over time that that was because I felt like I didn't have a voice when I was younger. I felt like, you know, it was so much that I truly wanted to say. It was like I said everything else that I felt like I I wanted to say. But the things that I truly needed to say, I mean, those things that could have brought healing for me, I didn't say it. I said things out of anger. I said things out of hurt. I said things out of bitterness, but I didn't say the things that I know I truly needed to say, things that I know I truly needed to work on myself, you know, or things that bothered me, you know, that I even if I tried to speak on it, I couldn't speak on it, you know, because I was a child, you know, I was I was a little girl, you know, Um, I didn't have any authority. And I think that's a dangerous place because you get to a point that when you get older, you know, you get authority. And it's like, okay, so how are you going to operate in authority based off of how the authority figures were over you? What have you learned about authority? And I didn't respect authority at all. I had no respect for it because... It was so many things that I saw about how I felt about people that were in those type of positions, how they took it for granted, how they abused their position, you know. But a lot of people that were in those positions were hurt. They were hurt and they were traumatized for some things. And so because of that trauma and because of that hurt, they could not give me or exercise their position in the way that it was designed for them to exercise because of the fact that they had wounds that they did not deal with and so it kind of gave them a pass 
now that they were older because now I can say this is the way I am. Now I can make an excuse for how I am. Now I can make this thing a part of my identity without anyone really having to necessarily question me about it. Maybe unless it's at my job and I have a boss. But then what happens when you are the boss? It's a lot with that thing, man. And so I just feel like, you know, I'm truly grateful to God for helping me to see a lot of things. But I'm still on a journey. I'm still on a journey. And I really want to do this because I feel like it's so much that I have not shared for, um, and I'm going to just be real. You know, I have no problem unveiling myself but then at the same time I do because it's something that it's like if you really look at it if I really look at it myself and I I really look at that thing and I'm like "Mm, you don't really want to talk about that because you don't want to paint a certain picture for somebody else and not give them hope and that's one thing about me I hate to discourage somebody else But it's like at the end of the day, this is my life. And I I can only tell you the truth. And I'm not going to be like other people that's out here. Because you know what? I found that somebody else did the same thing. And I've seen people in church do this very thing that the enemy has been trying to make me do. And it's something that I do not see. It's almost like going underground and having to find out this information, you know, You got to search high and low to figure out what. It's a lot of people going through the same thing that you're dealing with, too. You're not the only freaking one. And that thing bothers me because it's like I be needing to know I'm not in this thing alone. Like, yes, I love God. I love God. And I I desperately want to stay close to him. I desperately want to stay by the throne of grace I desperately need mercy you know what I mean but I found out that when I got married child I needed it a whole lot more because I did not recognize how many of my wounds of the past was going to leak over into my marriage. And I didn't recognize how many wounds of the past for my husband was going to leak over into our marriage. I did not know. I did not know. And so I see how people want marriage and they want the marriage goals. They want the relationship goals. Some people don't want to get married because they've seen some bad examples. But one thing that I have recognized with all of those things is like, bruh, you have to be good yourself. You have to be good. Forget about the other person. That other person affects you, yes. But you are the most important component, if I could use that word. You are the most important factor in that thing. You are so important. And I've recognized that if you're good, regardless, even you're going to push that person out the way or you're going to help that person to grow themselves. But if you're not good, 
that person's not good if they don't have the um the strength to rise up and fight themselves and you just tired or you don't have the strength to rise up and fight for yourself y'all gonna end up going through a cycle a cycle of problems little stuff that could actually be resolved but because of immaturity because of those wounds because of those hurts you become a little girl they become a little boy or you become a little boy she becomes a little girl and it's like we're both acting immature but what is immaturity how is how is that defined based off of my experience and it's based off of your experience but where's the truth though because see i see that's where a lot of us end up getting we end up getting these things of this is your experience because of what happened to you and this is his experience because of what happened to him and i'm giving you the that i'm giving you my experience and it's affecting you negatively because i'm feel like i feel like i'm right because that was my experience but what is the truth though what is the truth and i see right now in our generation it does not seem like we really really want the truth it's the same thing of what i said at the beginning of this podcast of there has been a place of so much like authority abuse around us so now that we are finally what you know our parents used to say grown and smelling ourselves now we grown and smelling ourselves can't nobody tell us nothing nobody can tell us anything so it's like we're gonna figure this thing out by ourselves because my experience has shown me this so you're not gonna tell me nothing i know i'm right i see that so much and it's such a dangerous place it's such a dangerous place because now you don't have the humility to say I was wrong. You know, I don't know. You know what? That is toxic. Because we call everybody else toxic. But what about us? What about us? And we're so scared sometimes of being judged by somebody else knowing of me being able to admit, you know what? I am toxic. You know what? I was the, I was the predator. I wasn't the prey. What about that? And we, you know, every predator at some point was a prey to somebody else. We're not predators in every situation, but there's some situations that we can be. We're not prey in every situation, but there's some situations that we can be. I like to see balance on both sides because I think sometimes we like to just see one side and we just want somebody just to hear our side. Mm, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. You know, I was thinking about a scripture when I was um, debating about doing this podcast. Um, And this scripture is out of Romans. And Romans was written by Paul in the Bible. Paul 
in the Bible. One thing I could say about this man was that he was crazy. He was straight up crazy. And not only was he crazy, but he was so unqualified to do what he was doing. And he was one of those people that he became a Christian and people could not get over the fact that he was a Christian. Because it was like, bruh, this joker was out here trying to kill us. But he thought he was doing the right thing. He literally thought what he was doing was right. He thought he was doing right. But he was wrong. He was wrong. He exercised his authority in the wrong way. In the wrong way. And it 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 caused people their lives. It damaged people to the point that now when he was coming back to redeem himself, people, they, they couldn't get with it. Because it was like, bro, mm, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. Mm. God had to send a man. <laughs> God had to go send a man a dream. He had to speak to that man and say, look, he good. He good. Because God knows where we be at. God knows us. And he knows how hard it is when somebody did us wrong for God to say, you can forgive him. It's okay. That ain't easy. That ain't easy. And so this scripture is something that I can relate to Paul with because I battle with this every day. And I believe some of you probably listening to this do too, if not all. And it's Romans seven fifteen, And I'm going to read it out of the New King James Version. And then I'm going to read it in another version that's going to be easier to really comprehend. For this says, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. And now I'm going to read it out of, hmm, let me see. I'll go with the, hmm. World English Bible. For what I do not know, what I am doing, for I don't practice what I desire to do, but what I hate that I do. How many times we know the right thing to do? How many times have we yelled at our children, said something about our children, said something to our children? When they were innocently trying to do something for us, trying to show us something, and we was just frustrated, and we was just mad, and we took that out on them. Because we in authority, we right. Even though that little prick in our hearts say, you were wrong, you need to apologize. Who am I to apologize to them? I'm the one that's in charge. I'm not apologizing. You know how many times I've seen that? Not in my own life, not things I've done personally, but I've seen it in so many people's lives, all different backgrounds. I don't care what color you are, I've seen it. And every single time, I'm like, wow. Wow. 
And I think about that. I think about that thing like what I really want to do, what I truly, really, really, really want to do, I don't do. I hear this is the right thing to do and I want to do that. That's exactly how my journey has been as a Christian this far. I used to be so happy about just being saved. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to change. Thank you, God, for accepting me. I know I did a lot of wrong things. Thank you, God, for seeing me. Thank you, God, for knowing me. I'm so excited about this journey, doing your will. I want to win souls for the kingdom of God because now I know that you're real and I want everybody else to know. What I did not understand is that homegirl, you got a process and a journey before you because not only are you forgetting (laughs) that you have some deep wounds in you from your past, but you're also forgetting that Christian people are not perfect. They are Christians because they recognize that real ones. People that really, really, really is trying to do this thing, they recognize that. And them other jokers, I don't know about them. Because them the people that just feel like they got it all put together. And that everybody else need to get with the program because they just so perfect. But I don't know about them. And I'm not here to advocate for them. I'm here to advocate for the ones that say, look, I'm not perfect. The reason why I decided to come to Christ. The reason why I was able to open my eyes and see Christ is because I recognize that I need him. No matter what stage of life I'm in, no matter if I'm good, no matter if I'm down bad, no matter if I'm happy, no matter if I'm sad, no matter if I'm in wealth, no matter if I'm out of wealth, I need him regardless because there is never going to be a day that I'm going to go by that I'm going to recognize that you can slip right now. You can slip right now. It can be something right then and there to knock on your door and shadow, shatter your whole world. I need him to hold me up. But not even that. I just need who he is as a, a being. I need the God as a being. I need his joy. I need his faith. I need his kindness. I need his pureness. I need his truth. I need his justice. I need his guidance. I need all of which of what he is. But what I've seen about that is that just because you want that (laughs) and just because you want to do the right thing, that does not mean it's going to happen. Because what I hate to do, this is what I'm finding out now. I have done some things at this point in my marriage that I hated. I'm like, no, I can't stand that. I don't like that. That was done to me. I don't want to repeat that same cycle. But I have. I have, 
and thank God for Jesus. That is what Paul is saying in this next scripture because he recognized. Because at first it was like, when I first read this the first time, I'm like, man, what do we do? In the second scripture, verse 16 says, Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. That's why I need him. That's why I need him. Because it's not me. It's the sinful nature of me. It's the sinful nature of me. It is the knowledge of the good and evil that I was never intended to know from the very beginning. That makes me feel like I got a right to act the way I be acting sometimes. He says, for I know that nothing good dwells in me. That is in my flesh. But I have the desire to do what is right. But not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want. But the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I don't want. It is no longer I who do it. But sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. Do not mishear me with that. I'm going to read that one more time. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. So every time a situation comes about for me to choose. What I'm finna do, okay? Every time that situation comes up, baby, I'm right there like, okay, Lord. Or I'm like, I ain't even checking in with God. I'm ready to react. It's one of those. Either I'm going to respond the way the Lord intended for me to respond or I'ma let the enemy help me have his way. Cause that's what he wanna do. That's what he wanna do. And let me tell you, I didn't fail this test one too many times, y'all. Ah, one too many times. He says, For I delight in the law of God and my inner being. Lord, I love your word. <laughs> Ooh, I love your word, Jesus. I love it. Your word is such life. It's like, oh, man, you get into the word for real, for real. That thing is juicy. It's juicy. It's so refreshing. It's, it's, it's life-giving water. It's washing. It's purifying. It's just, it drenches you, man. So he like, it, I, that ain't the problem. It ain't like I'm just out here don't even like your word, Jesus. Like, I don't want to hear your word, Jesus. Like, I'm not trying to do what is right. I see it. I know this is wrong. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law. Check this out. Of my mind. 
It's waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. It's making me captive. How is it making you captive? How? How is it making me captive? How? Let me tell you how. Let me tell you how it makes you captive. Because I'm right here. Ready. I, I done been in the word, y'all. I done been, I done been in worship. I done been reading. You know what I'm saying? I, I done been listening to sermons. And please forgive me if everything I say ain't a collect correct lingo or language properly speaking i don't care this is unashamed podcast okay i'm telling you as i can do all of those things i could have prayed been in his presence jazz smelt the aroma of his glory and i will come out that thing and here comes the situation presented itself to me and my response is not right and because my response was not right now I'm carrying the shame of that I'm burdened by that thing I'm like man God what in the world why did I do that now I can't even pray. I can't even get back into worship. Now I'm bitter. Now I'm blaming whoever it was that got me off. Not Satan. I'm blaming them. I'm taking it personal. I'm offended. All of these things are going in because I was trying to get myself together. Here you come getting me off again. Mm-mm-mm. This is what he's saying. Now I'm I'm. I'm captive to this thing now. I'm captive to this thing. And he and he is frustrated. He's like, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this death, this body of death? And then he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our 